Welcome to the Packer Force Podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Sill, joined by my brothers, Peter and Andrew Sill. Now you know who we all are so we can talk about the Packers. What should we say about the Packers? Andrew, what do you think we should say about them? All the good things. The Packers beat the Cowboys 48 to 32 in the wild card round and it was an exciting game to say the least if you were a Packers fan if you were Mike McCarthy it was a lot like watching um your children threatened with a knife um so to start wow, what <laughs> yeah I mean yeah just look at his facial expressions in the second half you'll get the you'll get yeah the oh yeah yeah that was a scared man boys I am fighting for his life boys was this the best game ever yes I think I think it was pretty I think it was pretty close to the best game ever. All right. Uh, was it as good as the 2010 divisional win over the Falcons that occurred in 2011? I don't know. I think that that team showed that was a that was an end-to-end game. There were 6 minutes of this game of this last game that kind of stood out as like, "Oh, this is why is this being stupid now?" Like there was, there was a wonderful romp through the Cowboys through the first half, and then we had six minutes of. Uh, how do I get that taste out of my mouth, Legend? I mean, you talk about end-to-end games. I went back and watched the Falcons game immediately after we kicked the Cowboys shitless, because I was like, "Holy shit! Was this just the best game that we ever played?" What would its competition be? Obviously, we are all thinking that Falcons game has to be the stiffest competition. Rewatching that game, not impressed. <laughs> I mean, it was 14 to 14 late in the second. It wasn't until right before half when we really cracked that egg wide open. This game, we got on their throats from the first possession. And we just stood on their throats until we got drunk and we started dancing on their throats and slipped <laughs> off for a while. <laughs> it's a that, fair metaphor, I that, guess. That was good. Real quick, Andrew, can you uh, tell that bird to, to shut, shut the fuck, fuck up? up? It is. <laughs> God damn, that bird is fucking annoying. <laughs> Andrew always podcasts from outside, by the way. But uh, yeah. It's a beautiful goddamn day. It's like 35 degrees, sunny, everything's starting to melt. We got bird seed everywhere. Sorry, we invite the birds, so uh, I'll try and shoo them away. But Yeah. Can you put bird seed on a fire and see if they'll go burn themselves to death? (laughs) I could if I was a monster. Does that bird know it's impeding the Packers <laughs> fan base from hearing what it needs to hear in front of the? Okay, I so think, honestly, it's hurt us. Yeah, it's, it's hurt us. Okay. <laughs> it's heckling us. Yeah, you guys are ass. <laughs> um, so you are Peter. Are you really concerned about those last six minutes of the game? There, I'm just always concerned. Maybe it's like past playoff traumas. Although I don't feel like this came, this team is connected to those teams that caused me all those traumas. Um, but those last six minutes, I mean, 
No, no, I'm not really. Ultimately, I'm not really concerned. Yeah, man, it's I'm just, I'm, in, I'm not concerned about how we handle a 30 point lead in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I think we got that like 10 times out of 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, legitimately, it, I think if we would have left the starters out, we still close the game out. It gets closer than it needs to, and it gets a little iffy. But honestly, it would have been fine. Uh, yeah. Um, but I think honestly, it even becomes sadder for the Cowboys because you see then like what they're capable of, <laughs> like all their fans are. It's really just enforcing where the fuck was this the whole time? It yeah. didn't need to be like this for us because they sucked in the in especially in the first half. Dak yeah. looked like shit, and they were playing tight. They were they were playing tight. That was the whole thing for me coming in. That's been the whole thing. Like, why did this happen? It's because they looked tight as a nun's butthole, and we looked loose. As... <laughs> nope, nope, don't go to, don't worry about finishing that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we're we're the Cowboys frauds. I think the 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 national media digested this game and was like. Wow, the Packers scored 48 points against the Cowboys. I guess everything good about the Cowboys was fake and the Packers are still going to get their ass kicked by San Francisco. Do you think that this was an this was a matter of the Cowboys being fraudulent or do you think it was um do you think it was a good pl- team that played tight and then another good team that played super loose? Personally, I don't think that the Cowboys were frauds. I think what they showed throughout the year was a lot of ups and downs, right? And I don't think that means that they were frauds. I think that they were capable of doing what they did. You know, they they had shown that throughout the year that that's that's something that they were that they were capable of, mm-hmm. and you could feel the pressure on this team, and it was just handled the wrong way. It yeah. was handled very poorly by I think first of all Dak Prescott and you know. Mike McCarthy obviously didn't get his team ready to play. And that's a shame because he's, you know, he's been good at that in the past. Not every time, but he's, there's definitely been times like, yeah, Mike had this team ready to play. Yeah. It definitely looked like a case of him just taking the wrong route. Like there's a bunch of ways you can go to get your team up. And I think he just wanted to keep them calm probably just push, keep doing what we're doing, feeling like the Packers were not going to, all of a sudden go super saiyan like we did and he should have gone the other way and been like all right this is crazy it's playoff time get your energy up and i don't know i think there was i was joking about it going in but i do feel like there was an element of it being a playoff trap game like they just didn't know how to prepare correctly for it i don't think it's that they slept on it it's i think they got it wrong because they didn't know how to shift in the playoff gear correctly against a team that was as non-threatening as we seem to be. What, Andrew? Can you can you quick go rescue that person so that that siren stops and tell that cop to shut the fuck up? <laughs> I'm tired of this game. Okay. Um. Yeah, I I, I think. The, the Cowboys were certainly capable of, of playing better than this. And uh, the couple of times this year that they got their ass kicked by good teams did indicate that, like, hey, this is this is in their repertoire as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, I was genuinely terrified going in. The Cowboys were undefeated at home. 
and won by an average margin of 21 and a half points. Yeah. Definitely. They had never played the real home team at AT&T Stadium, which is the Packers. We've never <laughs> lost. They're six games, six and oh. Yep. Six and oh. Which is a pretty good road slash neutral site record. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's as good as it gets. Yes. For six games. Yep. So I think the Cowboys had this in them. I did not realize that the Packers had this in them. I mean, we have watched this team all year and they've never played that complete of a game where the offense is rolling and the defense is also rolling. And Darnell Savage's pick six was like so bizarre. Mm. Was it not? I mean, it was like, what are you doing? It was like and getting the ball like that. Right. It's like, that's not this. That's not in the script, bro. Like, (laughs) uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was funny because there was this palpable tension between Dak and CD and credit to Burkhart and Olsen, whom I'm pretty cool on generally as a, as a broadcasting duo. Like, they're the worst A-team, I think, unless you count Herb Street and Michaels, which I don't... I'm coming around on them. <laughs> they, yeah, but cre- anyway, credit to them. Yeah. They were all over that sort of weird riff between uh rift between between lamb and prescott and it did feel to a large extent like prescott was like trying to force it to cd and savage acted on actually acted on that and was supposed to be taking the inside guy reading dax eyes and knowing the kind of context he he left his guy went after the pass Yep. And Dak never saw him and it was it was over. It was a house call. It was points. It was six of them. Tremont Williams' interception was better though. It was better. Mm. Yeah, that thing was so pretty. And oh, his yeah. and his return? Yeah. He had to he had to the return was better too. Savage had no one in front of him. Tremont had to shake a couple guys. That, well, he had to make a cutback. That was beautiful. It was different because Tremont was ripping the heart out of the Falcons. Uh-huh. And then Savage was just stomping on it. Yeah. It was it was already out that he was taking the last little bits of air right. out of the stadium. Yeah, and like and, they they had pretty much resigned by that point. Yeah, it was twenty to zero in Savage's pick and twenty one to fourteen in Tremont's pick, which made that such a huge swing at the end of the half. Like, oh my God. And was, uh yeah. So that makes it the third greatest off the top of my head, which only goes back to the late Farb years. Third greatest pick six in Packers playoff history. The first being, well, now you got to decide between Al Harris against oh, yeah. the Seahawks. I think that has to win because it's a game winner. That yeah. was incredible. But then it would be Tremont Williams. No, and then Nick Collins in the Super Bowl. Oh fuck! Yeah, yeah, that's that that happened. Yep, yep. And then you have BJ Raji. Come oh my on, god! Man. Come on, dude. What are your top five pick sixes in <laughs> the playoffs? Play, yeah, yeah. That's what a bounty. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, can we rank these real quick? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, okay. So. Number five, the least consequential. Maybe you put Darnell Savage there. Uh, just get. I mean, it was special, but yeah, the, yeah. The meaning, the meaning of the game. Would yeah. you guys? Would you guys agree with that? I think they're all just great. 
I, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But like, you you only get popular. Rank, you go ahead and rank them. I you only get popular if you rank things. <laughs> you no. gotta rank stuff, dude. This is our chance to do a ranking. I'm gonna go rank this next drink. Uh, <laughs> recording at 1 p.m. on a <laughs> Thursday afternoon. Yeah, that's all right. uh, so number one, day. Al Harris, <laughs> right? Man, you know, like game winner, game winner. Yeah, that's a that's a game winner. You know what else was a game winner? What BJ Raji? It it it, it wasn't the, it wasn't a walk off though. Right, it was it a game winner, a but it wasn't a walk off, and it was fucking BJ Raji. And like, it was <laughs> the, and it was the Bears. Yeah, yeah. So that was. Does that have to be number really two? Special. Uh, the thing is, so how can you? Yes, Al Harris. That was a walk off. And you have to say that's probably the most famous. That's the one that gets replayed the most. Uh-huh. Like whenever the Seahawks and Packers play, that's gonna be that's gonna be there. Uh, you know, whenever the Steelers and Packers play, you're not gonna show the Nick Collins pick six because that wasn't even the biggest play of the game, right? right. And that was a huge pick. Six. I mean, it might have was... been the biggest play of the game, like when you think about it. But I mean, I think the Clay Matthews spill it. I think that was the True. biggest. That was the biggest time. The biggest moment. In yeah, that the game. biggest. Yeah, the 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 Nick Collins pick six was like still exposition of uh-huh. that game. It was right. like, oh, this is a twenty-one to three situation. Right. That's right, right, nuts. Right. Um, though that might that pick might have been to go up to fourteen three. I'm not sure, but uh, anyway, the BJ Raji sending sending the Packers back to the Super Bowl <laughs> after Aaron Rodgers against the Bears. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I I see it. But now we're between Tremont and Nick Collins, and Tremont's interception totally broke that game open. It was hugely consequential in the scope of that game, and Nick Collins has happened in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, and also broke that game open. Yeah, yeah, but it. It went from being like the Packers were winning to the Packers were really winning. Whereas, I mean, that's the same. You could say the same thing for right. Jamal Williams. Never mind. Well, if, yeah, if you were to look back and uh, I think you have to put the Nick Collins one above it. It's the Super Bowl. It's the fucking Super Bowl. I'm doing it. Okay. Jamal Williams, number three. What? Yeah, what? because that, that spurred the whole, that changed the whole calculus from like, can we beat Atlanta to like, oh shit, can we win the Super Bowl? Yeah. That totally that totally changed you, that run. So do you think that we get to the Super Bowl without the Tremont Williams pick six? Maybe not. If do he, you think we if if they get a field goal there, they go down twenty one to seventeen, it's a, it's not because I know we don't win the Super Bowl without the Nick Collins pick six. If that I don't ball actually falls know that. Dead. If, if that, that ball falls dead, maybe they punt it to us, maybe we score on the next drive anyway. Mm. Oh no, more Aaron Rodgers. He was like fucking perfect that day. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's the the exact difference in points. Nick Collins added more points than we won by. Yeah, they Ben also threw that ball from his end zone. Yes. Okay. Right. Matt Ryan was on the fringe of of field goal range. Right. If that if that doesn't get it, they kick a field goal. It's a different. Yeah, but. It, if you look at how many plays would have had to happen in between that play and a Packers touchdown, besides one play. Yeah. 
Um, I already wrote it down though. So. Oh my god. Um. Yay! Top five. <laughs> top five pick six in Packers playoff history. Oh Darnell Savage. Congrats. I don't know if I sign up, sign off on this, but it's it's fair. I see the point that you're making here. Holy shit, though, right? Yeah. That is what a, a list. list. Number one. Number one. Al Harris. Yes. We want the ball and we're going to score. Number two, BJ Raji, pick six against the Bears, sending us to the Super Bowl. More or less. Number three, Tremont Williams, pick six before the half against the Falcons, divisional round. Number four, Nick Collins, Super Bowl pick six. Number five, Darnell Savage. Against the Cowboys. Against the Cowboys. Woo! Joe Barry. Yeah. Joe Barry has done well at responding. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is my opinion. I think that Joe Barry responded well to everybody wanting him fired. Uh-huh. He he did his job better. And I, you know, to be fair, I think he did that well at the end of last year. When he responded by going to the players and saying, "Guys, what do you want me to do? I'll do anything you want. What should we do?" And then like there was this great momentum through the whole offseason. And then he got back, he was like, "Okay. Now I can go back to being myself." <laughs> Which was a terrible response. And we all wanted him fired. And then since then, if you check the stats, you will see that it, you know his points per game has been pretty good. Besides this last one in which things were way out of hand by the time it, 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 they actually started scoring points. Yeah, Joe Barry, if you give Joe Barry a four-score lead, he's going to use it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but none of those none of those drives were big hitters is the thing. Like they had the the long pass to CD Lamb from like the shadow of their end zone, but other than that, he I mean it wasn't slow enough, but the Joe Barry principle still stayed in effect, which was yeah, you can drive down the field, just do it slowly-ish. Yep. Um and yeah, I mean Joe Barry has been a fairly agile coordinator. Yeah. Of, of his many failings. One thing I will say is like the way Dom capers never adjusted the way Mike Pettin never adjusted when things were getting beat. The fact that Kyle Shanahan could reliably call upon the same subset of the playbook. He used to destroy him in Brown's practices from way back when, and just rip him apart again in the NFC championship game, 2019 uh, that's a sign of a guy who's not adjusting. Joe Barry feels like he is like needs lots of coaching from Matt. Yeah. Now I'm thinking of the, uh, um, Brent Suter's Raptors, uh, Joe Barry life hacks videos, <laughs> lots of coaching from Matt, lots of reviewing the film. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, if you can win in the playoffs, I don't care how you perform against the Tommy DeVito Giants. Yeah. It doesn't matter as much. Yep. These are these are the offenses we need to stop. We don't need to stop the worst offenses in the league. We need to stop the best offenses in the league. And he's shown in his game plans in the second matchup against Ben Johnson's Lions, against mm-hmm. 
Andy Reid's Chiefs. I'm not saying their offensive coordinator's name because that would discredit my point. And <laughs> against uh, Mike McCarthy's Cowboys, those those Packers defenses have played well. Next task is going to be bigger. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the one we haven't. But this, I mean, the same you know, same defensive coordinator held this team to two field goals in the playoffs two years ago. So yeah. Andrew, how are you feeling about Joey B? I don't give a shit about him. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a take that's so milk toast. It's actually spicy. Yeah. I'm tired of the discourse. Like he is what he is. We get it. We all want him gone and replaced with the best defensive coordinator ever at the end of the year. And we're going to get a new guy and we're going to hate him and we're going to want him fired within a year. (laughs) So what the fuck is the point of picking on this guy any more than the next guy or the last guy? Hey, hey, you know what? That's some fucking wisdom right there. Love it. Packers defensive coordinators and Bears quarterbacks. Yeah. Just how it is. Just right, at least our special teams isn't on that list that they usually are, where they're the worst ever. They ranked like 27th. All pro, baby. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Um, Anders Carlson mixed, missed an extra point. You worried about Anders? Haven't lost a game by one point yet. But we did lose a game to, by two points where Anders missed a field goal, which is worth three. So, so, you know what? I'm just going to support all these guys no matter what. And I that, love Joe Barry with my heart. True. Same with Anders. Carlson. Anders. Carlson. <laughs> Danny Whalen. Danny Whalen. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think, yeah, the time for fighting is over. <coughs> Yeah, we got what we got, and we're just going to go with it. Yeah, we're going to go down with it. We're going to go win the Super Bowl with it. Who knows? But, um, you know, credit where it's due for for Joe Barry for responding and, and, you know, fielding a defense the last couple weeks that's played more aggressively and uh, been rewarded for that. Um, Jerry Alexander got an interception. Yeah, short in. After Rob Domofsky spent all week calling him weird. Yeah. Did you guys? Did you guys check that out at all? I yeah. mean, I caught a drift of it. I don't know what to do with it. Domofsky's been solid for since I've been on Twitter following Packers beat writers. I don't know. Oh, define solid. That's an interesting word. I mean, he's been a solid follow for ever since I've been on Twitter following him talking about Packers news. He's not a fan. He's a media guy. He doesn't seem to have a huge Packers bias, but I mean, he's done good work. He's been straight up. I've got no problems with the guy. I'm not going to turn on him over one week of weird comments. Oh, I think he's I think he's the most curmudgeonly beat writer on on the beat. Like 
taking that crown from uh McGinn. Bob. Bob McGinn, yeah. And uh I think I think it's like performative curmudgeonliness. <laughs> um it sounded like what he was saying was performative. Like I don't think he expected his words on the on the Dallas talk show to go as it, far as they were. It did feel like he was like talking shit behind our back. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he was just playing his part. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. And that's what I, that was my original response was like, good. Make us seem like a meek, meager team. Sure. Sure. Um, and uh, keep, keep, keep them sleep. Uh, but yeah, I think like, no one's going to cover CD lamb. We're terrified. We're all, we're all hiding in the basement. Yeah. And so in addition to him being wrong, I think it was just for me, what concerned me was like, he did convey like, yeah, this team doesn't really have it, which might be the case, but the team feels like it has it. The team feels super confident, even heading into Dallas. And so to me, he failed to convey the mood of the clubhouse. I mean, Sunday was definitely a demonstration of what it looks like. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so basically, we need Domovsky to keep talking, keep talking shit. Go yeah. on San Francisco radio and be like, well, you know, Jordan Love has Robbie Gold posters in his bedroom. So... <laughs> Sleeping with his mommy at night. <laughs> Gross. The Packers leave it in a good spot. The vibes were were great on defense. Remember, like four weeks ago, when the vibes on defense were horrible. Mm-hmm. That has shifted. That has solidly shifted. It was it was one of the best wins, one of the best playoff wins, and I don't know. Yeah. I, I want to say franchise history. I mean, just, it all just stems from how great the conversation was between Jair and Lafleur when he was coming back from suspension. <laughs> what did they say in that conversation that that unlocked the entire team? And they were like, "Well, we should be a good football team now." <laughs> Jair and Jair's like, "Holy shit! I was thinking the same thing." I bet, fam. Let's do it. And that was it. Here we are. They decided to turn it on. Cheers to that discussion. Um, and the Packers move on to face the San Francisco 49ers. Meanwhile, the Cowboys head into despair. They did keep Mike McCarthy. Good on do, you, do you guys think that was the right move? Yes. Yeah, I do. I mean, something needs to change about the Cowboys if they want to, if they want to try and win one. Um, I don't think Mike McCarthy is the biggest problem. Yeah. There but there's there's some sort of issue there. And there I'm I don't think that he is devoid of problems. I think Mike McCarthy has some issues. Um I think you saw Mike McCarthy take over play calling duties on offense to tremendous success. Uh that Cowboys team felt like it had an identity. It felt a lot more a lot less fraudulent than it, the previous 12 and five seasons were. Um, something has to, something has to change in order for 
the Cowboys to get where they want. And that's, I mean, they got to figure that out. McCarthy's got to figure that out. I think if you fire McCarthy, who are you bringing in? Yeah, exactly. If you get rid of McCarthy, what's the move? Do you right. really yeah. want to go get Belichick and have Jerry Jones and Bill Belichick in a room together? Yeah, no, that yeah. sounds awful. Yeah. It's going to go terribly. You're not going to find a bigger name. You're only going to find smaller names. And then it's just going to be a Joe Barry situation where you replace the coach and the next coach is going to be even worse. Yeah. And this is the most successful stretch of football the Cowboys have played since they won Super Bowls. So, yep. You go ahead and be happy with that. And I don't think I'm saying that as a Packers fan just because, like, we've beaten them comfortably under McCarthy. Uh, it, you know, yeah, they they have to figure out. They have some deep shit. I really think Jerry Jones is the problem. I think Jones's yeah. influence on that team is is a net negative, and they've had a lot of success, so it'll be really hard for Jerry Jones to see that. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, fully agreed. He should kill himself. Hey, it'd probably Ooh. help. Um, Damn, you it's, heard it here, fuck. It's 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 not it's not mean if you're telling a billionaire to kill themselves. Yeah, it's That's just like, for the good of the nation, right? Uh, with that, any other thoughts on this on this Packers Cowboys game before we take it to the Niners pod? Uh, can we talk about the best play of the game? Yes. What was it? The one where Jordan Love completely draws diagnosis and then burns the shit out of that all-out blitz. Yes, that happened like ten times. No, the one to the touchdown to Dontavian Wicks. Yeah, yeah, How yeah. I I agree. Not know exactly what I'm talking about. That was the my favorite play from Jordan Love was where he. What about our favorite play? Yeah, you can. We can talk about that in a second. I just want to tell you what my favorite play was because you were like, how didn't you not? Mine was the one where he dropped back, felt the pressure, rolled out, stopped, reset, jumped back left, and found Romeo Dobbs like 20 yards downfield. That was really pretty. That was that was the start of something. That was the start of something special. Yeah, but the Wicks throw. Yeah, I mean, oh my God. The the sheer volume of like beautiful Jordan Love throws in this game oh was insane. Yeah. Just the way he saw the blitz was he drew it out. Perfectly for one. Knew exactly what was coming. Took a deep breath and then fucked him in the butt. Oof. And before he did that, he dude, his fucking sending people in motion is so swaggy. <laughs> like just, like with two seconds left, looks over at Jaden. Come on. You know, <laughs> yeah, Jaden open on that too, honestly. Uh but he just took the thing to Dontavian Wicks and man. That was be- that was me having COVID, being very tired, seeing that play, and then jumping up and just stomping on your couch, saying "fuck your couch," <laughs> basically, and just I I lost it at that point, dude. Yeah. That was that was amazing. There were so many throws that were just like, yeah, like this is this is having young Aaron Rodgers again. This is a new new amazing quarterback. And dude, the, that sidearm sling to Romeo Dobbs in the end zone. That was so swaggy, too. It was like one foot, like, under. Oh. Do you guys see the sideline clip of Elton Jenkins being like, what the fuck was that? And yeah. Jordan Love was like, I don't know. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, yeah, on, on the Wicks 
throw is a great diagnosis, great throw, great route by Dontavian Wicks. Mm-hmm. I did see the Dan Orlovsky breakdown of like his favorite routes that Packers receivers ran. Um, and the Wicks one was on there. A couple of Romeo Dobbs routes were on there. Guys doing a really great job of just like, you know, selling, shaking selling, but not just shaking, but like selling the shit out of the other route first and then shaking loose. And it's like you, once you, like they showed one Dobbs is like looking back for the ball while he's cutting middle of field before turning it out for a post. And that was one of those plays where, Lo- where love just like threw a lollipop in the air for Dobbs to go get because he had so much time. Mm-hmm. Um, That's, I mean, yeah, dude, you do have two bona fide route runners on your team. I mean, I think that's, one of Romeo Dobbs strength. He's got so many like fundamental receiver skills. He's so slick, so smooth. His route running is so tight. Dontavian Wicks is another legit bona fide route runner. And people, there's not, you know, a ton of tape. There's not a ton of experience with those guys, but there's not a ton of tape on them either. And like, people are just finding this out now and they are just really getting into uh, into their coming into their power mm-hmm. as route runners. It's a beautiful thing for us. It was a triumph. It it definitely sets the stage for the this team going forward. I think like regardless of how they finish this year, the next the next phase, the next era of Green Bay Packer football is gonna be awesome. We've got an yeah. amazing quarterback. He's got an amazing arsenal of weapons and the coach is really clever and we'll see about the defense, but like yep, the yep. offense is going to be there. And so that's something yep. to look forward to. Quick, what a great win. Yeah, Musgrave touchdown. Right. Yeah. Musgrave yeah. stayed on his feet. <laughs> Musgrave stayed on his feet. Yeah! Hilarious though. If you watch it, he gets the ball with about 15 yards to go. And despite not being contacted with about five yards to go, you see him start, to get pulled down to the ground. Like gravity is just calling to him. Like, <laughs> come on down. You know, you want to He just to keep his feet under him for the last five yards and get across the line. But he's like the me seeks that just want to do their task and then die. He just wants to catch the ball and then get to the ground real quick. But he fought that instinct <laughs> and he made it. And I'm real proud of him. He's an Oregon State product, and he runs like a beaver. <laughs> so low, <laughs> um, on his belly. Well, with that, I'm ready to, to to sit here and talk about the 49ers. I'm ready to turn the page. So we're gonna do that, but we're gonna do it in a separate podcast. We will see you on the other side. It is a twofer. <laughs>